Let's make some noise for my dude, Mikey Taylor. Give it up. Let's get it going, dude. Yeah. Let's do this. Cool. Mikey Taylor, dude, thank you for being here. One more time, guys. Make some noise for Mikey. Woo. Let's start from skateboarding. Give us a little bit of background. How did this all begin? All right, where to begin for skateboarding? Where do we begin, man? Uh, Whatever you feel is, is relevant for what made you who you are today. So skateboarding began, I think, the same as any other kid. Uh, I saw somebody else doing it who I thought was cool and wanted to fit in. Yeah. So uh, I got a skateboard, and, uh, you know, it, it was really kind of... Uh, innocent in the beginning, right? How old were you when you started skating? I was 13. Okay. Right, and and kind of before skateboarding, I had al always done these things where like I get into biking, right? Right. I was like all into biking for like three months, and What'd then you I was start completely with over. Dino it. GT, Diamondback. I had a GT. I had a GT. Ooh, GT guy. Yeah. I was always jealous of the GT guy because I had a Diamondback. I was GT. Yeah. Lucky. Uh, but like the, I was always doing these things, right? They just had no longevity, and I was right. like into it for three months, over it, picked up a new thing, played roller hockey, into yeah. that, over it, right? Skating was the first thing where it just never ended. Okay. And so, like, you know, I originally started because I saw some kid doing it. Before you knew, before you, I knew it, all my friends had stopped, and I just kind of continued doing it. Wow. And I think it was just so hard that, like, it, it never lost the, the challenge for me. Mm. And then I ended up, you know, it's been 20 years. I'm still trying to figure it out. It's just that hard. So what do you think it was about skating? Because other things were hard. I mean, BMXing's hard, I imagine. Roller hockey's hard. But what do you think it was about skateboarding that I think there's a different aspect of hard to yeah. it, right? Like on a bike, it doesn't take long for you to get on it and figure out how to ride, right? right? Or like kind of go off a little jump. It took me, I don't know, eight or nine months to learn how to ollie, right? right? And that yeah. was trying maybe a hundred times a day for eight yeah. months. And then it took me another eight months. So, to so you're kind of right? a, I'm a I, very you're not a natural then. Uh, eight no, months to I am not a ollie. natural. No. I am not. Okay. Interesting. I'm just an obsessive personality that w wanted to figure it out. Right. And at, at, at what point did you realize, like, man, like, when did you start getting sponsors? When did you realize? So you started at 13. When did you realize, like, I got some game? So <laughs> it didn't work like that. So, so my mom wanted me to get a job. Okay. Right? And I didn't want to get one. I was 16. And so I kind of came up with this whole plan that, like, if I could get sponsored, I wouldn't have to get a job. Oh, nice. Right? And so I kind of just convinced her. I was like, look, if I get sponsored by like a skateboard company, a clothing company, a shoe company, yeah. I'm not going to need money to buy anything. Okay. And I'll probably have something left over to like sell if I need food. Right. right? And I think she thought it was so like impossible. She was like, okay, if you go do that, then you don't have to get a job. Oh. So then that's where it started for me. So I you were a little bit of salesman as well. You kind of like pre-framed this in your mom's mind. Yeah. I wish I could take credit for like this master <laughs> plan, but it was, yeah. I just didn't want to stop skating. Okay. So getting a, getting a sponsorship was a way of you also not having to get a job. Yes. Yeah. And where'd yes. you get sponsored at at the beginning? Uh, so my first sponsors were uh, Maple Skateboards, uh, Drawers Clothing. Uh, and Duff's shoes. Wow! Remember Duff's? Yeah, those man. were my first ones. Yeah. Good sponsors. Yeah, I mean, I was like, was so uh, like Mark Johnson on? Mark Johnson was on there. Maple at that Jerry time. Jerry Sue. Yeah. Man, so did you get a board sponsor first? Uh, I got it, it. All happened within a week. Wow. 
what? Yeah. It, I, wait, wait, hold on. Let me get this straight. So did you I mean, make the proposal to your mom? No, not like I shouldn't have said and it. And like then that. it happened. I shouldn't have said it like that. <laughs> Powerful manifester. I, of no, 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 no. I spent, I spent four months filming a video of myself. I convinced wow. the kid who filmed to yeah. make this like two minute video. Now, did you, I'm just curious. Did you have, have a crew of people that you skated with at this yeah, point? Yeah. I had okay. five guys I skated with and we had one filmer for all of us. Yeah. Right. And I was the worst out of the group. Interesting. Right? So I really had to like persuade him to film me and spend time okay. making a video of me. So I spent three, four months doing that. I went into the magazine, got addresses from anyone who put their address on the page. Wow. And sent about 40 VHS tapes out. Wow. Right? I didn't get any callbacks. So it wasn't a week. I had to go out, then convince the kid to film me again because my video wasn't good enough. Okay. Spent the next three months, made 40 more, sent them out, and then I got three calls. But I think, guys, we really have to pause for a moment and think about what he did there at that age. That age, you're 16. 16 to 17, right? yeah. He set the goal, first of all. What's the process of, of manifesting? The process of manifesting is, number one, what do I want? Number two, I would say, is why? And number three is, what do I have to do to get it? <laughs> First of all, number one, what do I want? I want to be good. I want to have sponsorship. Why? I don't want to get a job. Number, number three, what do I need to do? And he took the actions. I mean, that's pretty, that shows the personality of who you are. And if there's anything that we're inspired to, to, to do with these podcasts and, and the exposure to people is show people the steps that, that successful individuals have taken. 40 times, you send out... 40, I don't even know how to make a VHS tape. How do you even do that? Oh, man, I had to take it somewhere back then. I took Crazy. it to, like, I don't know if it was Kinko's. It was one of those places. They yeah. copied it for me. Wow. Yeah. Two, it was, like, 250 a tape. Man. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was a four-month process, and then all of a sudden and people started. So obviously you had some good, some good footage. Yeah, I had some good footage. I, I don't think it was incredible, but uh, enough to get a call back. Okay. Um, and so I ran that for a year until it was time to graduate. And then, the you know, my mom's message from, you need to get a job became, you, you got to go to school. Yeah. Right. And, and back then, like you not going to college meant you weren't going to ever have a job that was paying you anything substantial. Right. right. It was like, you don't go to school. Door doesn't even open for yeah. you to be successful. You're right? a loser forever. Yeah. Which was like scary. Okay. I, I think for all of us. Right. I think I had a, a an idea of what my life was going to look like. And there was a part of me that was like, okay, shit, if I don't go to school, I'm giving up on that, mm. that vision. Did right? you have a, did you have another plan B that you thought of in your mind of like, all right, well, if skating doesn't work out, um, this is what I'll do. Uh, kind of like I was convinced I was going to be a lawyer cause I loved arguing, even though oh, I would have hated that, uh, now knowing what that really meant. Yeah. But no, I mean, my backup plan was like, what I convinced my mom of okay. is like, look, if I can, if I don't go to school, I can use this to convince my sponsors that they have to pay me. Mm. Right. And, and then at least I can make some money and do this for, I was going to do it for two years. Okay. And then I was going to come back and go to school. And so, or that's at least what you told your mom. That's what I told my mom. I, I, I think that's what I thought. Maybe I didn't. Okay. But that's what I told her. Yeah. Um, and so I called my sponsors and just told them, like, look, I need to go to college unless I get paid. Like, I, I want to keep skating, but, like, I can't just do this for free. And then at that time, did getting paid basically mean you also need to turn me pro and give me my own board? No. This, I was just am. Okay. Um, I think out of this, uh, I think I started making 800 bucks a month. 
I think it was five and three I got from two sponsors. 16, 17? 18 at this point. Okay. Right? So it's, I mean, I was stoked, right? Yeah. Like, but, uh, but yeah, I convinced them and then kind of set off like, okay, I'm going to just have do this for a couple years. And right. I started getting the opportunity to travel. Nice. Right? So I started traveling, doing that. By the second year is when kind of the skate industry blew up. Yeah. And so I was 18, 19. By 20, I'm making more than my parents. It wow. was like, like so unexpected for what I thought it was going to be. And then it just became, you know what? Maybe there's something I can do here. Yeah. Um, and then it just became like full bore. I'm going to be a pro skateboarder. Man, that's amazing. And uh, what age did you turn pro? I turned pro at 20. Okay. So you turned pro at 20. You're earning more than your parents, right? And what, what would you say was like the pinnacle? What was, what was the moment that you had as a pro skateboarder or a, a few of the moments where you're like, this is unreal? Oh, man. You know what's funny? I don't know if I ever had it. Okay. To be totally honest with you. I think like for skaters, like we're living our dream, but yeah. it's, we know it's going to end. Right. Mm. And so there's like a feeling of uh, that, like you don't ever want to really soak it in because right. it's not forever. Wow. You know? So like, I, I don't know. I, I went by my whole career, like never feeling like I hit that point of like, I made it. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Which is weird. I don't know. Hmm. And so did you, cause we've spoken before and you've told me a little bit how you started to make certain moves in, in planning your future at a pretty early age. Right. At mm. which point did you start to, did you have that mindset like, cause for me growing up skateboarding, the whole thing was like, all right, well, I'm going to skate forever. If I don't turn pro, I'll still move to SF with my buddy and we'll open up a skate shop and I'll work at the skate shop forever. That was my whole life yeah. plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you made some other, you made some other plans at a pretty early age. Didn't you that have, have actually had a major impact on what you're doing these days? Yeah. So like, look, this was before social media, yeah. right? So, like, we never had an idea of what happened to these pros after they stopped skating, right? They just disappeared. And without social media, they really disappeared. Right. And I think that, like, really instilled this, like, fear in me mm. of, like, when you're done skateboarding, your life's over and you just, like, go to die, right. right? And I think, like, I was so scared of that mixed with, like, my mom feeling like I wasn't going to college. We need to figure something out. And, and then kind of to add on that, my dad didn't really understand how I was making money, right? right? Like we don't skate contests. Yeah. Right. So my dad's like, you're not skating contests. You're like filming videos. You're making this money. Right. So he walked me into his CFP's office and he was like, Hey, look, this is my kid. I have no idea what he's doing. He says he's skateboarding. He's making this money. <laughs> I need you to help him. Right. And that's really where it began of like, you know, at 20, I didn't understand finances. Right. I just knew that like what I was doing, I couldn't do forever. And, and my skill set at that point was riding a skateboard, huh. right? So, like, I was desperately needing to figure out what to do. I think my parents, like, worried about it. And then me meeting Randy, uh, he was the one who kind of pulled me in and went, look, this isn't going to last forever. We really need to maximize what you're going to do in this time frame mm. with your budget, how you invest. Like, let me help you get wow. through this. But you need to understand it. I can't just tell it to you. Yeah. And that's, that's really, really where it started. That's really big because I, I, I gained two things from what you said right there. First, we get your personality, right, of, of Mikey sets out things that he wants to do and he just keeps going until it actually happens. From taking eight months to learn how to ollie to sending out the, the 40 tapes to get sponsored. And now there's a new, a new trait that I'm seeing, which honestly at 20 years old, 
I don't know if that's a normal thing to think, especially when you're at when you're killing it at something to think. I don't know if this is forever. I, I would actually say that the majority of people do not think that way and are thinking like, Psh, I'm killing it. Yeah. Like they're not even thinking about that. But that's another personality trait that we could all learn from of seeing things out in the future and really num- plain and simple thinking ahead. And number two, what I really gained from that is being open to coaching, being open to coaching. I think that's a very strong skill set because you very easily could have said talk i'm making more money than you pops i'm good yeah you don't you don't know about what i'm about to yeah. do yeah but you didn't yeah I, I'm, I, I it's funny man i think back to those days I, I didn't feel like i had like ultimate clarity hmm. i just feel fortunate i don't know why i made the decision to do that i don't know it's interesting you and know. so tell us about some of those moves you started to make as an early 20 year old so at so gosh, 20. Uh, so Ran- Randy, this Randy, right? Randy. He's, he's now my partner now. He's been my CFP for the last 15 years. Okay. And this is who your dad introduced you to. This is who my dad okay. introduced you to, right? He was the, f- it, it, he's been such an influence in my life. But at 20, his whole thing was first off, look, you need to really live below the amount of money you're making. Cause one, you know, if this is a perfect run, it's going to be 15 years. Yeah. So I can't have you spend everything you're making because I need to start making money work for you right man i wish somebody told me that so basically like his whole thing was like look if for whatever reason you get hurt you lose a sponsor you can't figure out a job that's going to pay you what it is let's at least set up your finances so you have enough kind of passive income coming in that can be a cushion for you moving outward right so it became a very strict budget and just maximizing how much I could invest. And one of the big things we we invested, and it was because of him, was storage units. Wow. So I'm just curious, what percentage of your income did you invest? So let's As see. That, like, let's say on a month, if you were to take a monthly basis, based on what you're getting per month, After, how much did you get to play with? How much did Randy say, dude, this is what's going here? So so it changed as I, you know, got married and then had yeah. kids. But kind of... From 20 to 25, I would say I, I got to spend, I don't know, 4% of the amount of money I was making on, like, fun stuff. Four? It was little. I, but I wasn't buying. It's like, dude, I'm a very... Uh, That's amazing. I'm not a material person, to tell you the truth. Four? So, so look, here you go. Because what I did... I spent 110%. (laughs) I started making six figures when I was 18, and I somehow managed to to still be in absolute total debt by the time I was 22 or 23. So it was like this. Maybe it was a little more. Maybe it was 10%. Where's Randy? At 100 grand. So so this is a good example. Maybe it was a little more. At 100 grand, I was probably spending, yeah, 800 bucks a month on, like, fun stuff. That is the craziest Um, thing I've ever heard in my life, and... Man, that is so cool, dude. That is so cool. Yeah. I think it was just like, the. F- I think it was ultimately fear. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Now, let me ask so you, basically the do amount you think of money- Randy put that fear in you or do you think no, you I were think thinking? No, I think it was a mix from like my parents, um, just skating, being skating yeah. and knowing it can't last forever and not knowing what my, my talent was going to be beyond that to make money, right? Like, the only thing I knew is that I make money riding a skateboard and that was it. So like, I was like, what the hell am I going to do afterward? Wow. You know, so I think it was just a, a combination of all of them. So, so give us some insight. I mean, you're skating, you're traveling the world, you're, you know, you're killing it. 
And by 25, what, give us an idea of what is your, what is your real estate portfolio look like after spending only 4% of your money on fun stuff? What were you able to create? Well, look, it was, so it it wasn't all, so 4% was like fun stuff. I had bills. Yeah, bills, right. Um, I had a retirement plan. Yeah. We had real, if, if you look at, I think like the total of my portfolio, um, I don't know, maybe it was like 35%. Yeah. 40%. Right. But in terms of like, what did you own by the time you were 25? Well, I invested into funds. Okay. Right. I, I wasn't personally going out and buying a storage unit. Got it. Um, Randy had created, Randy and his firm had created a fund. Interesting. That I was investing into. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, man. I didn't know what that meant back then. Right. Right. Like even when he was explaining it to me, I was like, he's like, look, you, you put your money in. It's going to take a year, year and a half. Then you start getting these returns. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, cool. I give him the first one. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden I get, you know, a dividend check. And then it comes again and it comes again. I was like, that was like my, oh my gosh, I could, this is how I get out of the industry. Right. Right. So like, I think just experience how passive income worked. It was like, I just need to put more and more and more into it. So for the listeners, we have people of all ages listening. We have people of all ages here. I think the youngest in the room, how old are you in the, in the tie-dye sweater? 11. We're going to learn about passive income. <laughs> so <laughs> so give us, uh, give, give, what is your name? Give, give Kira some insight, the, the, the 11-year-old version. What's passive income, Mikey? Okay, so <laughs> what I desperately had to figure out. Because who here, just so we know, we're all on around Kira's level probably. Who owns an income property in this room? What if Kira was the only one who raised their hand? That'd be awesome. <laughs> so, so, so what's passive income? So basically... Passive income is when you make money without having to work for it, right? Your money's working for you. So you can invest into, let's just say, let's say an apartment, right? And to keep it simple, you invest a thousand bucks. This is not real, but you put a thousand bucks in an apartment, ends up renting for, I don't know, 1200 bucks a month. You make that 200 left over every month coming in, right? So you now pay yourself $200. You don't have to do anything for it. Yeah. Would be passive as opposed to like me having to go do tricks downstairs to make money. Yeah. Right. Um, you can do it in a lot of different ways. It doesn't just have to be real estate. You can do it with like an app. So if you bought a, what's the hottest new app? Tinder. Is it? No, no. <laughs> so for whoever the developers of like a video game, let's say, and it costs you a dollar to make it, they spent however much money making it the first time. And then the, forever the existence yeah. of the app, they're getting paid every time. So they're not having to work for their money, uh, would be passive. So, what do you think is the most difficult part for for somebody to understand about passive income and why it's important? Because we live in a world right now where it's like, I'm trying to do this right now. I'm doing this. Th- th- I want to do this thing today. Right. What do you think is important for people? Like, what were you told that made the biggest impact on you? Because I, I really feel like this that's super rare for somebody that's killing it, making money, following his passion to say, you know what? Let me do this with my money. Let me take this route. And I'm going to hallucinate that the majority of people who were around you were not living like that. Yeah, no. They were getting the rims. Yeah. They were getting the ice. Yeah. So look, I drove a I drove a 92 Civic hatchback up until four years ago. Wow. Right? Like my wife was the one, like we had our first kid. She's yeah. like, you were not putting our kid in this thing. You can get rid of it. Right? And this it's a was a good car. Like, they last uh, 275,000 miles. Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying I didn't even have power windows, wow. right? At this point. And what like, kind of cars were the people on the, the crew you know, driving? Yeah, they were, you know, S550s yeah. and 
you know, I'm pulling up in a Civic hatchback, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what do you think is important for people to so, understand of like, man, this is why you got to do this. Because so, I love this conversation. I'm 36 and I'm just now getting into this conversation. Yeah. So this is the thing that I think people have a really hard time seeing long term or being patient or not wanting to grab for like a grand slam. Yeah. Right. Like when you start talking in my eyes, when you start talking about passive income and doing it on a on a scale that isn't incredibly risky, you're talking small returns in the beginning. Yeah. Right. And I think for a lot of people it's hard to see a eight, nine percent return when they could think, well yeah, like look at this guy just sold this tech company for two hundred million. Right. Why am I gonna make eight percent? Yeah. Right. But like I think people have a hard time understanding that there's risk involved with these huge rewards. Mm. And for me, it was like, look, if I'm going to put the majority of my money into something, I don't want to lose it. Right? right. Like I'll invest in these startups that are high risk, but it's going to be a very small amount. Yeah. I can plug away with 8%, then nine, then 10, then 11. So and being it was open to, to a long term, a long term, small return. You have, I think it's just, you need to stretch it out, right? Yeah. Like don't look at what you're going to make tomorrow. Like right. really base this off a of five, seven, 10 year yeah. window. And then I think that's where you can kind of skip this like hood rich style right. and get to like true wealth. Yeah. You know? That's really awesome, dude. Let's make some noise for that guys. Cause we don't get a lot of that dialogue right now. Right now it's all about flossing. Yeah. You got to floss every single day. You got to floss your pho, floss your car, floss your watch. And then as soon as you get it, we're in that space. Right. So to be able to hear this conversation is really cool. Um, and I believe it's it, it's it's many of it is is for a certain moment that could potentially occur, where we're like, man, I'm glad I did that. So I'm curious for you, what was that moment where you're like, damn, I'm glad, darn, I mean, darn, I'm glad I did that. Whoo! So yeah, so that happened two years ago. For two me. years ago. Yeah. And it, How old are you now? Thirty-six. Okay. Um, so We're two years ago, you have so much more passive income than me. <laughs> I, I'd probably <laughs> guess that you have more income than me right now, though. I'd take the passive because <laughs> yours will keep going. And this is reality. Mikey's income and his investments will keep going if so, he's, when he stops. Mine will not. So I'm glad you said that. I actually want to bring up this point. So I have a lot of people flipping homes right now, mm -hmm. right? A lot of friends flipping homes. And the difference to kind of these two strategies is when you're flipping a home, it's going to be, it's quicker money, right? Yeah. But you're only making money if you have a deal to do, right? right? Where like the things I was investing in was a smaller amount, but we hold everything. Yeah. So it's like I was continue, continuing to grow my investment larger and larger. Right. And every new property we brought on just added to the lump sum of investments as opposed to like I have to do this deal to make money. Switch, new deal to make money. Right. right? So it's, the rat it's just race. a – Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. Right. For me, the, the, the holy shit, I'm really glad I did this. Uh, two years ago, I had my main sponsor that was all my income as a pro skateboarder. Um, I had about two year, year and a half left in my deal. Uh, they found a loophole in it and mm. basically terminated my deal overnight. Ah. Right. And it was three months after I had surgery. I was still on the couch, couldn't skate. Right. Was and that the main reason why they terminated it? Early? No, actually, believe it or not. No, they, uh, they wanted to take the company in a different direction. Okay. Um, they didn't feel like I fit their marketing plan. Yeah. Dude, you uh, drove a Civic. Yeah, exactly. See? <laughs> so, uh, so they let me go and, and that was like one of those moments where I went from 
kind of making money to in 30 days, I made zero money. Wow. Right. And, and I haven't, I haven't had an income since that point. It was two mm-hmm. years ago. Right. So that was like one of those, oh, thank you. I'm like, dude, I have wife, two kids, yeah. home. Like that was one of those moments where I was just very thankful. Well, and the reality is whether you're a pro skateboarder or you, you're, you're a data tech at some large corporation, it's the same thing. These changes can occur that are really many times out of your control and without having real savings, right? What are you going to do? Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Yep. So give us an idea of, give us an idea of what you had built by the time this had occurred, right? So from 18, 19 years old, when you started making these investments, what did the overall portfolio, is it a mix of buildings? Is it storage facilities by, by your early thirties now? What, what does the whole, whole deal look like now? Yeah. Um, now it looks like, uh, majority storage units, uh, handful of apartments. Um, and then we just closed actually two weeks ago. Uh, we bought a foreclosed Sears in Ohio. Yeah. Which we're going to mow down and develop on. Yeah. So it's, it's starting to shift more towards multifamily, uh, but a, a lot, I think the most storage units. Very cool, man. So what's your what's your advice to people as you know, we're having a, um, you know, even before we go into the advice about real estate, mm-hmm. what are some of the, the, the greatest lessons you've learned throughout this journey of going into becoming a pro skateboarder to making the, the right moves? What would you say have been if it was a billboard, you know, about Mikey's motto? What yeah. would it be? Uh I would say the two would be kind of what you touched on earlier about failing. Yeah. Um, I, I feel the same exact way. I feel like I'm a professional failer. Uh, and I just became very comfortable in the feeling of failing mm. and just knowing that it's very natural to fail every day. And it's kind of what you have to go through to accomplish. Yeah. Um, I think learning that was probably one of the, I don't know, best skills I learned. I think that came from skating. Like, what do you tell yourself? What, what's the conversation, right? I always say the ego is not your amigo, right? Unless you can shift it. So what do you think you, t- you started to tell yourself about failure and making mistakes while you're in the process? I mean, dude, you know what? It, in the beginning, it was like, I think just I was, uh, I don't know if I was just wanted to be as good as everyone else or I hated failing or losing. I think that's probably what it is. I don't like losing. But basically when I would try a trick and couldn't do it, I hated the feeling of not being able to do it. Mm. Right. And it became this, like, I, I wanted to like, as hard as it sounds, I wanted to like kill people. Yeah. When I couldn't, like, I was just like in this like gnarly battle to want to succeed. And I think really what it meant is I, I became very addicted to the feeling of accomplishing. Right. And I think like knowing what that felt like and knowing what the process was to have to get it. I yeah. just like that feeling so much. I was willing to do all this yeah. shit to get yeah. it. Sorry. I keep, I'm so sorry. I keep, I keep forgetting about the earmuffs. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. My wife's here too. She's like, you gotta, stop. you know, it's interesting though, because I've had a couple situations over this week where I threw a couple things in my office out of frustration. I didn't throw it at people. I'm just in a space of frustration. And my wife said, is my wife here? She said, babe, you can't do that. You're this positive person. Is my wife here? She's like, you're this positive. There she is. She's like, you're this really positive person. And you can't be that way in front of people. And I'm like, 
I can though, because, <laughs> because it's authentic to how I feel and I'm not doing it to um, my assistant and I'm not doing it to, to my, my director of ops. I get frustrated when I'm trying to follow a certain path and I get off of that path and I'm so mad that I want to, I end up throwing something or I was on the phone with this guy and I was, I was uh, just banging something on this chair and I, I thought it was on mute. And he goes, what are you doing, demo work back there? And I go, oh, no, no. And what happens is, is I'm off the path. And the reason why I feel that it's okay to be frustrated is because contrast creates clarity. And sometimes it's that feeling of I don't want it to be like this that you have to reach that level of knowing this isn't how I want it to be. I'm better than this. And it, that energy is many times what you need to break through. And it's not always easy. It's not all flowers. It's not all cheerful and positive all the time. I think when you're really committed to something and you want it so bad and it's not happening and you're wrestling with it, magic is in that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, so my wife, like naturally I think I'm just more of a like kind of outgoing mm -hmm. or positive person. And my wife hadn't seen me skate really. Okay. Right? She just saw like the normal me. And dude, this was years later. She found out that like I was like on this tear of like breaking boards <laughs> and right. I was breaking like two, three boards a day, like out of <laughs> anger, right? And she was like so thrown off. Like she's like, Really? Yeah. You don't like that, right? But like, yeah, dude, I I I've I've been to that breaking point right. like on a daily basis, you know. And but, maybe you can help me with my argument. Why do you think that sometimes it's okay to reach a level of frustration with yourself to break through? Well, this is the thing, man. For me, I got to a point where I was using that to like to get accomplished, right? Like mm. I, I was dealing with tricks where I was scared. Right. Right. And I would have to get so mad and so frustrated that I really didn't care if I got hurt. And then it was just this, I don't care what happened. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. Right. And then I would, I would do it. Right? right. So I just was like, that just became fuel for me to like make it happen, yeah. you know? But then I went through this whole thing of like, I started hating skating because mm. of it. Right. Interesting. And like I had to go on this whole reverse, like learn how to like calm myself down and not go to that point. Yeah. And, and it's funny, man, I've been on both sides now. I think it's been about 10 years on both sides where, like, you know, the last 10 years have been really me not getting to that breaking point and me, like, finding balance and kind of trying to always stay positive. Right. 10 years before that, I was a psychopath. Yeah. Right? Stay out and of And I accomplished way. in both sides of it. I don't right. know which one's better, uh, but I think this one is more enjoyable. I think know? so, too. <laughs> Your wife probably likes it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I like to to, to always say that in order to reach a goal, we have to, my mentor calls it um, align versus grind, right? You, you hear all this stuff, grind, 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 24-7, work, 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 work. Well, you think about it, that energy can also very much come from lack. And one of the things I always like to share with people in my, my experience and what I've learned is that when you think about a goal, and you think about the energy of a goal, whether it's buying an investment property, getting married, having a certain amount of savings, reaching a certain health goal. There's an energy that you would be radiating, that you'd be calibrating at that zone. And if you can't match the energy of what that'll feel like when you get there, there's a good chance that you'll never get there. Because you're operating, you're going through the motions from the space of, I'm not enough. I don't have it, right? And I think the magic happens when you elevate to that energy and you say, you know what? 
I am that guy. I am that girl, right? And you allow yourself to align, not grind, not work, 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 work. You actually allow yourself to elevate and reach a point where you realize, I got this. I got this. This is me. And it's, the, it's like we say all the time. It's not have, do, be. It's be, do, have. And as soon as you start to realize that when you pass the test of whatever it might be or you get your degree or whatever it might be, you don't, that doesn't change you. This thing happens where you, you tell yourself, I'm now this, where the reality is that graduate, that whatever that thing is you're aiming for, that is, that's alive in you now. And as soon as you make that being choice and from that space you go in and you start to do the actions, I think that's when a quantum leap is possible. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So, give us some more insight, dude. What do you want? What else? Should we open it up for some Q&A? Are you guys getting a lot from this? This is one, to me, guys, this is one of my favorite conversations. This is a very rare conversation to have with somebody who has taken a cool career path and has created a huge amount of long-term financial wealth. We talk a lot about make money, grind, but, but how do you make that grow? So that's why I feel like this is such a cool conversation because it's very, very rare. What's some of the advice that you give to people who, um, you know, want to create passive income? That's a, that's a long conversation. Um, man, it, where do you even begin? You got to make money first. Right. Yeah. I think I think everybody wants to make passive income. That's a great thing to understand, right? But like, if you have five thousand dollars and that's it, you're not even to a point of being able to truly ex experience passive income. Right. You need to start with how do you make more money? Yeah. Right. It, it has to start with that. I know, like, the idea of just like, oh yeah, I'm an investor. I don't have to do anything. All of us want that, right? right. I, I think really you need to like really level up and like if you're making fifty grand a year, the conversation needs to become, how do I make 200? Mm. How do I make 150? And get yourself in a position to actually, you know, I, I feel like experience the real benefits of investing passively. Yeah. Um, That's a really cool conversation because normally, why do we want to make more money? Well, because we want to get some rims and I want to get the Rolex and I want to floss on the gram. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, you can't floss your savings account. No. You, you can't I, I, floss a... And you Income know what? property. That's a really good point. I think a, I think that's a, a big reason why people struggle with it is this like idea that they need to be or look a certain way to their followers, right. people, whatever, right? It's like, dude, you got to get over that, right? You need to find or become comfortable with who you are mm. kind of without the material yeah. and really like look at like, what do I want to achieve here, right? And it's like, if your goal is like, I just want people to think I'm rich, then okay, fine. So like, why do you think you were good with that in a can, kind of a showy um, career path, right? Where a lot of friends that were driving the, the nice whips and having all the nice stuff. Why do you think you were okay? Like, what do you think are some of your qualities that allowed you to be like, you know what, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to go ahead and do this stuff over here. Um, I think it was two things. I grew up in a, in a neighborhood that was pretty, it wasn't upper class, but... Uh, Everyone looked really upper class, yeah. right? And and there was a part of it that just always felt fake to me mm. at a young age. I didn't really understand why, but like, I just it felt wrong to me. 
And then I think then when I started skating and, and really back then skating was not what it is now. Right. Right. Skaters didn't drive Tesla's or yeah. five. You know what I'm saying? Like they were very like core and humble and, and it, there was nothing it was more about, about the flash, craft. Right. It was. Yeah. So I think like, just like the bad taste in my mouth from being surrounded by people that were showing off and then becoming a skater. And it's, it's not about that, dude. We don't tell people what we have. Yeah. Even like tell you the truth, even me talking about this now, like this whole last year of talking about how I built a certain thing, how I invest, this is very new to me and right. still uncomfortable because this yeah. isn't something you do as a skater. You don't talk about how you are with your money. Right. You don't talk about, you don't talk about the fact that you spent time trying to accomplish Right, skating is like a very like what you were saying, dude. When people start succeeding, pull down. Right, right. It's a very like dude, we're all gonna struggle together. Yeah. So, so for the majority of the last, you've been investing now for a, dude. It's been like fifteen years. Fifteen I've been years. Talking it's about been it quiet for, for one year. Yeah. Interesting. You know. Yeah. So what what was the shift for you? Why did you start to say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna start to share this. So, so when I lost my sponsor, right. And I had planned for, really, I spent my entire career planning for this moment, right? Yeah. I was so scared about me losing sponsors what happened next. I planned for the financial side so much. I didn't plan for the emotional side. Interesting. And it was so hard. It, it was by far the hardest thing I've ever gone through my entire life was wow. that phone call. And then probably the next five was months. Was it just, were you completely sideswiped? Sideswiped, completely yeah. sideswiped, right? Completely. And so, you know, like I, I, I found myself going through this experience that was the most difficult thing I've ever gone yeah. through. And I got a call from another skater and he was like, you know, like, what's up, man? Like, are you okay? He right? knew? He knew. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he knew. The whole industry knew. Right. Right. And he called me, he's like, dude, are you okay? And right. And I'm like going, I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. I don't know who I am. Right. This whole like sob story, how hard yeah. this is. Right. And he was like, yo, dude, you are tripping. Like, think about how blessed you are. Yeah. Like it's been three months. You haven't had to worry about getting a job. What are you talking about? Yeah. Right. Like, like you're good. I hope I'm in that position right. that you're in, but dude, we aren't right. Like the majority of us aren't in that. Wow. And it was that, it was that conversation where I went, you know what? I know this is the hardest thing I've ever gone through. I can't even imagine having to go through the financial side. I couldn't imagine it. Interesting. Right? And knowing that like, I felt like there were going to be a lot of people that I knew that I'm close with that are going to have to go through this experience and it's going to be worse than what I'm dealing with, which is the hardest thing. Right. That's when I went, you know what? I can't worry about what other skaters are going to think. I need to try and help these guys. It's really where the whole thing started. That's awesome. I wanted to kind of create why I'm doing this real estate fund now. I wanted to create an investment that would help these guys plan through this transition, like, like me having Randy bring that first fund to me. And, and once I started getting that, it was like, you know what, dude, I'm done thinking about what the kid thinks about if this is cool, me talking about this. It's like, if I'm going to try and better these guys and better the industry and the people to come after me, I've got to talk about it and I've got to do it. So I just kind of swallowed it and, and did. Man, we got to really make some noise for that. That's pretty much the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Woo! Because we get a lot, again, we get a lot about the grind. We get a lot about go work, but, you know... I'm a, I'm a great example of somebody who did not have this skill set. You know, and the interesting thing is, is my natural DNA from what my father did, my relationship to money was as soon as you get it, you got to get rid of it as fast as you can before it gets taken away. 
So for me, no matter, even though I had a mentor who was really good with developing passive income, for me, it was, it was just not in my, my natural upbringing to do that. I, I made 10 and I spent 12 and it wasn't until now my mid thirties. And thank, thankfully my wife, I'm the one who buys dumb stuff. My wife is like, there was a charge earlier. I lost my wallet the other day and I had her card <laughs> and it's kind of embarrassing, but I bought a Supreme hat earlier today. Between <laughs> it's Thursday, the drops on Thursday, and between me and my eight-year-old, we have the same tens tendencies of wanting to buy cool stuff. And I ha I bought it with her card, and she's like, "What did you buy from Supreme?" You know what I mean? And for me to now finally be learning that, man, it's about making it. It's about making it grow. Yeah. And I really think that we need more people who can shed light on 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 this is what's really cool. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's funny that's what you say that about your dad. My dad was, my dad had a very healthy view on what money is. And we were always the ones who lived in the nicer neighborhood and mm. made less than everyone else. Right. Like he was, he was really good with that. And I think me kind of having that as an example, uh, was probably a huge part of it. Yeah. Even like what you were saying about like what you're told as a kid, if like you know, you just see your parents surviving or it, you're taught to spend what you make. Dude, that really does play a big impact on you. And dude, I was just very blessed to have a dad show me what, what money is and teach me that whatever I want to do, I can go do. It's it just awesome. takes the work, you know? That's so awesome. I feel fortunate to have had that. That's very cool. Step one, if we were to give people three steps of how to get it going, okay. right? How to start creating passive income, saving for the future. Step one is... And I love what you said is you got to make more. Mm. And I, I love the fact that you're talking about you got to make more for the purpose of saving more. Mm -hmm. Right. If you really want to be able to invest, you've got to have that. Why? My mentor, one of my mentors, Rich, he always says, you know, without a without a why, you could say goodbye. Yeah. So you got to have that why of this is what I want to do. What would be steps two and three? So once you have money, there's kind of, I think, two other ways you can do it. You can either invest in someone else doing it, invest in a fund or a partnership syndicated deal where someone else is doing the work, uh, or you can go and do the work and invest and kind of be both sides of it. I always chose to invest in the funds because I wanted to spend my time skating. Yeah. Right. So I found, I shouldn't even say I found, I was fortunate to have a, a good group of guys bring me opportunities. That's cool. Um, so I think, you know, you, you gotta, if you're going to invest that way, you got to find a group or a fund that, uh, that you trust has a good track record um, that you feel confident giving your money to. So how does somebody do that? Oh man, you know what? I actually could be a very bad uh, person to answer that because the first fund uh, I was brought through Randy, uh, the second fund I started. Okay. So I, I would just, I luckily had them around me. I've never had to go f search them, search them. Um, so now with, I guess I could just tell you, come, come invest with me. Call yeah. Me so with <laughs> what you've got going on, what's commune capital all about? So we're a real estate fund. Uh, we're focused on pretty much value add opportunities in, uh, multifamily mixed use and storage. Um, out of our, it, it's funny, man. It started off me, you know, wanting to help skaters. Right. Uh, and it, and it quickly became, even though I'm doing it for the skaters, there's a lot of other people out there that, that want to experience this too. So we have a pretty good, I would say, blend of types of investors. That's cool. Um, from lawyers, CFOs, skaters, yeah. football, you know, it's a, it's a good group, but really what we focus on is, uh, 
being able to give a return to our investors every year. It's not. So a, what's what's an average investment look like? If I wanted to give you some cash, how much do I got to give you? Um, I would say it ranges from right now twenty five to three hundred. I'd say. So twenty five G's. Yeah, that's totally doable, guys. You could do that. As soon as you put your down payment here on this house, then it's going to go up in equity. We'll pull the equity. Boom. Okay. So so from 25 k to 300000 Well, it goes higher than that. And, and I up. would just say right now, yeah. uh, that's where our range goes. It, it goes above a million. That's really cool. Um, that would just be where our average, I would say, comes in. Step comes one, in. you got to get that paper. Mm -hmm. What's step two and three? Step two, you said you got to find that fund. We already did that. So, yeah. So then, found step, the fund. So at that point, I would say step three is just continue to do it. Yeah. You know, it's just long. It's just for me. I wanted to put money into this thing every year. Every time I got my principal back, I rolled it back over. Right. Like, let I me just, ask you this: Did you reach a point where you, where that in itself, the savings, the play monopoly, that became your new passion, where it was like kind of cool? That's more recent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I I was on a, I was on a different path. Uh, until now, I mean, dude, my, my job is this now, yeah. right? Like my job is basically investing and it just became, took this new, uh, I think new role of me really, I think living it every day, Yeah, you know, as well, opposed man, to it being this, like, how do I get out of this? I got to figure you know, I really want to acknowledge you for making saving and investing cool. It's not a lot of yeah, people no, like you out here. You know, I did drive a civic hatchback. <laughs> yeah. Very cool guys. Well, um, Make some noise for my dude, Mikey Taylor, dude. Awesome, 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 awesome. Really appreciate the insight, the knowledge. Before we open it up for a little bit of Q&A, any final words that you want to share before we open it up to, for a Q&A? Any thank yous? Any, and how do people get a hold of you? All that good stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, I would say you get a hold of me. Best way is on Instagram. Insta. Yeah, just my name, Mikey Taylor. Um, man, advice. Uh, I would say, I think right now, and really like when you add social media into it, everything looks perfect, right? right? Everyone looks rich. Yeah. Everyone looks Everyone's successful. It, it, like when you're looking at it, it feels so unachievable that I think like it discourages a lot mm. of people. Um, I think the advice I would give is like, don't let that hold you back. Even the guy at the very top has the same struggles as you do. No one's perfect. We're all going through shit ourselves. Yeah. Just, just start. Just force yourself to start. That's I solid. That's amazing. That's really good insight. Give it up for that. Because that's what holds us back, right? Is I think when it, it feels like it's so far, we get caught up in the how. And it's another thing my mentor always talks about is, you know, when you, when, if you could figure out how to do every single step, it's probably too small. And I think sometimes you just have to be able to take the time to just write out the goal. If there's one thing that I would recommend, my piece of advice is to actually write down the goal. You know, a, a, a goal without a deadline is just a dream. You've got to get your goal out of your mind and put it on paper. And when you look at it on paper, you can start to design a plan around it. So whatever you're thinking about doing, whether it's saving a certain amount, investing in a property, buying your first property, Take the time to hook yourself up with being able to visualize it and write it down on paper. Yeah. I do that every morning. That's a, that was a big one for me. Yeah. Tell us about your process in the morning that you do with writing your goals. So, so my process every morning, I wake up. Um, I do a devotional every morning, first 30 minutes. Very cool. From that point, I go through my goal process. 
um, I have kind of a paragraph of uh, who I who I am in a perfect world, what I'm trying to accomplish or wow. be, uh, is my first thing. And then second, it's more uh, goal-oriented of what I'm trying to do on the business side. So you go through a devotional first mm-hmm. with the word, mm-hmm. and then you go through a, a like a future version of yourself. Yeah. So, so what does that look like when you write it down? So <laughs> the, the first five are really I start with like w- what I want to be right I, I am present I have yeah. a hard time being present with people mm. I'm so easily distracted that like a lot of times I don't give people uh, my full attention yeah right? so I start with I am present I can be very selfish so I am selfless it's, mm. I, I go through five of like ultimately who I want to be through really my weaknesses so affirmations affirmations right for me that's awesome yeah Shoot. affirmations are big for me which then leads into like this paragraph of like who I Ed Milet yeah. had this this comment on Drama's podcast, which mm-hmm. I loved. Right, he he was basically saying that he he has this idea that when you die, right, you meet your perfect self. Okay, right, and he wants to basically he doesn't want to meet that person and and him be unrecognizable. Right, wow. he wants to be so similar to that person. Yeah, and, and, and I think that is who I write down every day of this like vision of of who I want to be. Uh, and then I go through five goals of what I'm trying to accomplish uh, with on the real estate side. That's really powerful, man. That's really cool because I think, I think we fear our greatest version of ourselves. Yeah, sure. Because we don't fully know what that person looks like. We know what this person looks like, who you know does the thing whenever they do the thing, and just kind of goes through the flow of life. But when you take intentional time to really say. I am this, I am this, like, and you really take that time, it's a scary thing to look at the ultimate version of your greatest self. But I think there's so much power in taking that time to really remind yourself of who am I? Yeah. What am I committed to? And I would say this, I didn't, this is new for me. And how often do you do that? I do it every morning. How and long have you been doing that? It's been, it's been a year. Wow. A year and a half. Year and a half. Before that, I was just reckless, just trying to like do it all. Yeah. It took me a while to like, it was really when that, no, it was actually longer than a year. I take that back. It was right when I lost my sponsor. Mm. And I went through this like very dark spot and really had to like learn how to practice keeping myself in like a true positive mindset. That's Um, amazing. It's interesting how sometimes those dark times help us find the light. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was going through it, the hardest thing I've ever done being on the other side of it uh that'll that'll be probably unless something else happens to this point the most pivotal moment in my life that ended up being probably one of the largest blessings one more time guys make some noise for mikey taylor let's go thank you thank you awesome 